Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. I am really excited about today's episode. It is on the topic of escapism, escaping from your problems and your feelings by doing all sorts of things. And I felt like it was a pretty apropos topic. It was like the universe was banging me over the head to record this because I coached three clients today, all back to back in the morning from 9 a.m. until about 1230. And each one of them, literally every single one brought up how they were struggling with escapism. And it really felt like I couldn't not record this episode. And one time a listener asked me, how do you come up with your podcast topics? They're so timely. I always feel like whatever is going on in my life, your podcast resonates with that. Same thing with the social media account on Instagram. I hear that a lot from you guys. People will say, how are you in my mind right now? The past three or four posts have been so spot on in terms of what I'm experiencing in the world. And the answer is, I don't really know. I guess I just talk about whatever is coming up in my life. But I tend to believe in astrology, which you guys all know, and there are definitely universal experiences that we're all having based on where the planets are. And so I think that's part of it because I'm talking about what I'm seeing both in my life and with my clients on a regular basis, then it's perhaps picking up on larger energetic burdens that we're all carrying as well. So it felt right that I should record this because honestly, this topic hasn't come up that much in my coaching work with my clients. Generally, we're talking about, you know, pretty squarely business things during my sessions, but Today, it was just sort of unreal how it was session after session after session talking about escapism and what to do about it. And for these clients who I spoke with today, escapism runs the gamut. One person was talking about drinking and how it's something that they first started doing at the end of the day to take a little bit of a break, you know, make one drink and that turns into two and it turns into three. And then when you do that every day, then you're really, really tired and it's actually causing more stress than it is allowing you to have relief and respite. The second client was talking about video games during stressful moment and they'll completely just zone out and play video games nonstop in all of their spare time at night. And the final client was talking about TV, weed, smoking weed, watching television, all mechanisms to escape. And I bring this up not to like put my clients on blast or anything, but just to normalize the experience. All of my clients are very high performing entrepreneurs. They are by all accounts, when you look at what they've accomplished, very hardworking, very ambitious people who aren't afraid to roll up their sleeves and encounter the hard things. But they, just like everyone, can really fall susceptible to escapism, especially when you're doing it, you want to do more and more. Myself, I can admit to this as well. My drug of choice is wholesome television. 
I have watched every episode of the Gilmore Girls, which was a lot of seasons long. I actually don't even know how long. Multiple times. I loved Jane the Virgin. I really like happy, love-filled, family-oriented TV. I think because it just makes you feel so good. It makes you feel so warm, so comforted. And I definitely turn to that when I'm feeling really stressed out in my personal life or with work. I remember the first year that I started Reset, it was so hard and so overwhelming. I watched so much Jane the Virgin where I would go and I would run a bath. I would sit in the bath. I would watch one episode and then I would think, okay, well, I better get up and read a book or do something productive or pay some bills, whatever it might be. And then I would turn it into two episodes and three episodes. And I would justify it by saying that I was so stressed out on a day-to-day basis. This is my way of unwinding. So I definitely don't want to say that no one should ever do any of these things like have a drink to relax or smoke a little weed or play some video games or watch some TV. But really what I'm talking about this episode is when relaxation turns into avoidance and when treating yourself turns into escapism and when these activities that are meant to relax us and to give us a little bit of a rest actually wind up causing more stress because they create a downward spiral of feeling and they're preventing us from fully accessing all of our emotional intelligence. So in today's episode, I want to talk about tools that we can all use to support ourselves to feel better so that we're not running away from our problems, hiding from them, receding away from the day-to-day experience, but rather coming into full living, active presence with life in a way that actually feels good and restful. And to accomplish the same things that we all hope to accomplish with escapism, but by doing it in ways that are actually uplifting and spiral us upwards into better and better feeling. And just to note, I am recording this as much for you as I am for myself. I find that the act of doing these podcast episodes and doing the research and organizing what I'm going to say, it all helps me make these changes in my life as well. So I just wanted to say, I appreciate you guys going on this journey with me. First, I wanted to start off and share a little passage from a very, very good book that is called The Body Keeps the Score. I'm sure lots of you guys have read it. I think it's been on the New York Times bestseller list for many years and many, many months. And it's a book about how we hold trauma, negative experiences, pain in our bodies, and how to release it. The idea is that you may think that you're over something, quote unquote, over it, you've moved on, but it still exists and it still sits in your body. And I found this book so fascinating. It's especially helpful for anyone who has experienced any sort of PTSD or trauma. So I'll start off with a little passage from the book that I really like that I think sort of helps set the tone for what we're talking about today. Let's begin. In my practice, I begin the process by helping my patients to first notice and then describe the feelings in their bodies, not emotions such as anger or anxiety or fear, but the physical sensations beneath the emotions, pressure, heat, 
muscular tension, tingling, caving in, feeling hollow, and so on. I also work on identifying the sensations associated with relaxation or pleasure. I help them become aware of their breath, their gestures, and movements. All too often, however, drugs such as Abilify, Zeprexa, and Soroquel are prescribed instead of teaching people the skills to deal with such distressing physical reactions. Of course, medications only blunt sensations and do nothing to resolve them or transform them from toxic agents into allies. I wanted to share that because even though we're not necessarily talking about prescription medicine, the mechanisms of escapism do the same thing. So zoning into TV shows, video games, food, alcohol, whatever it might be, they also result in people masking over and suppressing their physical reactions. They're hiding obscuring what it is that you are really meant to feel. If you have a strong emotion like fear and all you're doing is putting a cover over it and then putting another cover over it, it just grows and grows and grows. It is only when you're able to face it head on and address it, then that pain starts to diminish. So a lot of times when we turn to escapism, we're actually making the problem worse. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a large flesh wound without ever cleaning it, taking antibiotics, really fixing the wound itself and healing it. Instead, you're just putting a bandage over it so you don't have to look at it. But it festers. Untreated, it starts to become infected. It gets worse and worse and worse. And it is only when you remove the cover and you really tend to what is truly there then you can start to heal. So let's talk about some ways to do that. Okay, so the first step is to be able to tell the difference between what is indeed restful and relaxing and what is instead avoidance and escapism. And my rule of thumb here is that if you are fully, fully present and you are enjoying yourself and you're bringing intention to whatever it is that you're doing, then I think that's fine. Obviously, this is a bit of a vague answer because, you know, there's no hard and fast rules. I'm not here to say you should only watch one hour of TV a day or only play two hours of video games every day, whatever it is, or, you know, never have more than three days of drinking in a row. That is not for me to say, but you know it. And that is the thing. We all know when we are zoning out and escaping Get quiet, tune back into yourself and ask yourself, what is it that I'm avoiding right now? Which takes me to the second step of the process, which is to ask yourself, what am I avoiding right now? And literally take out your journal and write down on a piece of paper, what am I avoiding right now? Question mark. And then set a timer for 10 minutes and just keep writing and writing and writing for 10 minutes. And it doesn't matter if your sentences are fragmented, doesn't matter if anything is really true, true to your heart. Just let your subconscious take over and don't judge yourself, put it all on the page. I did that today and I found that it was really creaky to get going. I couldn't really get a start. I felt like I was judging myself. I was like, well, do I really feel fear? Do I have a right to say this? Should I be more grateful? 
And I had to say, no, this is not the time to analyze what is going through my mind. This is a very low stakes way of me just putting out on the table anything that's crossing my mind, even though it's true or not, doesn't really matter. This is something that is kind of taken from the artist way where Julia Cameron says that we should all do morning pages, which is to write three or four pages every day with our stream of conscious thoughts and never look at them ever again. But I love writing the prompt on top of just literally asking myself, what am I avoiding? For whatever reason, seeing it written there in my handwriting really helps me and prompts me to go ahead and just put it all on the page. For my third tip, I call this real life right now, real life right now. Basically, when you feel yourself wanting to escape or that you're starting to drift from restful and relaxation into escapism, you need to pull yourself back into the real world. You need to be back in the world of the living of your right now present life. So let's say you are turning towards escapism because you don't want to do your taxes or you don't want to look at your finances because it's just so painful to do those things. I'm not saying you have to jump in and roll up your sleeves and just start cranking out your taxes. What you have to do is something that is taking place in this moment. I actually did this last night where I had a lot of stress about this week that's coming up. I have a couple of really big things happening at work that are hanging over my head and I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. So my husband and I decided to rearrange our apartment and it's been something that we have been meaning to do for a while. We've known that the apartment doesn't quite feel right anymore. We've been here for three years and it was at first kind of a crash pad. It was a place to have friends come over and to entertain and a stopover in between our busy, busy pre-COVID lives of going to dinners and going to shows and having coffees with people and going to business meetings. But now that we are three years older, we are crossing the threshold into our late thirties and we're just trying to have a different type of life. So we wanted to redo it so that it'd be more conducive to quiet evenings at home, as well as cooking dinners together and having dinner in a really civilized, intentional way. So we spent about four hours moving so much furniture, trying different configurations, making lists of things that we needed and making piles of things that we wanted to give away. And it felt so good and so grounding to be in this real world, even if I wasn't exactly fully head-on addressing the things that were stressing me out, but I was using the energy that I otherwise would be using to escape on something that was productive and uplifting and brought me joy in life. What you're doing when you press pause on escapism and instead focus on real life right now is that you're building a really important muscle of learning how to be present and attend to what is. You're learning how to be with whatever it is that is right in front of you, whether it is so joyous or so stressful. This is such an important skill that we all need in our lives. And because we live in this very digital world, we're losing this muscle. It's atrophying. We are forgetting how to be present with exactly what's around us. If we are in line waiting for something, we pull out our phones. 
if we're feeling a pang of distress because someone that you really like and you're dating hasn't written you back yet, you go to your phone, you get lost in social media, you distract yourself with all these very interesting, extremely available entertainment systems that are right at our fingertips. And in the process, we lose this core trait of being human. And that is of being alive and being awake to what is happening around us. I went on my very, very first silent meditation retreat when I want to say I was 28 years old, maybe 27, 28. For those of you who haven't been on one before, it's a pretty intense experience where you basically meditate for 15 hours a day. And of course, you have breaks to eat, but you're in silence. You're not talking to anyone. You have no forms of entertainment or distraction. There's obviously no TV. There's no phone. There are no books. You can't even journal or write anything down because you have to be there with your thoughts and yourself. And all you do is you alternate between sitting meditation and then walking meditation. Then you do some more sitting meditation. Then you do some more walking meditation. Then there might be a nice talk from one of your teachers where you're listening and you're learning more about Buddhism and more about mindfulness. But then you go right back to sitting meditation, walking meditation, sitting meditation, walking meditation, and you can't sleep during the day. You can't escape that way. And during dinner, you are highly encouraged to even practice meditation while you're eating through mindful eating practices. So on all the tables, there are these little stand-up cards that teach you how to eat mindfully, how to show up with presence. And so you really just have to be attending to whatever it is that's going on inside of you. And it was very jarring for me. I mean, it's always really jarring for me because that is not the world I live in day to day. I am just as distracted as anyone else, even though I'm a mindfulness teacher and I'm a coach. And it's always very, very upsetting in a way, almost emotionally distressing to be back because this muscle that I have of being present hasn't been utilized in so long. And once I went on a retreat right after I had gotten divorced, I had so much swirling around me and I was just coming off of a really big run of extreme escapism. I was going on so many dates with people who I didn't even care about. I was on whatever dating apps all the time. I was working nonstop and I was working out twice a day. And then I was also drinking. I was going out and having a couple drinks and almost every night. And then on the weekends, I was partying a ton. And so I never let myself sit still in between the working out, the professional work, and the going out. I literally was never in one place because I couldn't bear to let myself feel how sad and how depressed I was from this really, really sad breakup that I had had, you know, as the person who I wanted to spend my whole life with and I had failed. It was so, so heartbreaking. So I went on this meditation retreat and I remember I was okay the first day, I was okay the second day. And then the third day rolled around and I was sitting there in this big auditorium type room where there are probably a hundred other people sitting there meditating in silence. And I started to feel the sadness come up it was taking over and I had nowhere to go. 
I couldn't turn to drinking. I couldn't turn to exercise. I had to be with it. And I remember thinking, I need to scream. I just wanted to scream. I wanted to get up and get out of there. I needed to do anything but not be there. But obviously you can't do that and you have to sit with it and be there. It was so hard. It was like this physical urge. It was a physical overwhelming urge to get up, scream and run out of the room. That is how crazy making it feels when we start to be present with our lives again. So I just want to tell you, it's okay to be gentle. You do not have to stop all your escapism right away. You don't have to be meditating and tuning into your feelings constantly. You don't have to be 100% present. All that I'm saying is that it will actually help you to start to be aware and to acknowledge when you are diving into escapism and then just doing one thing, even if it's for 15 minutes, that is presencing and brings you into the now. I also will highly recommend silent meditation retreats. I know it's a little hard right now because of COVID. I've actually tried to book one myself and I haven't been able to find one given the constraints, but there are ways to do them online as well. And even just sitting for five minutes and being with your feelings and trying to locate exactly where in your body you're feeling the uncomfortable sensation is so, so powerful. I actually sat with my client today and I asked him to do that. He was talking to me about his stress and his fear and his escapism. And I asked him to locate in his body where those feelings actually sat. And it was really emotional. And at the end of it, he said, wow, I finally just let myself stop. I could put the brakes on and just wait for a minute. And I feel so much better. So do that. Slow down. Put the brakes on. Come to a complete halt. And let yourself just be okay with whatever it is that is swirling inside of you and around you. Okay, so my next tip is movement, movement, movement. And I won't hammer this home too much because I feel like I'm always talking about movement as an antidote to everything. I think my last episode was about the eclipses and I said, go and move your body. But this is really true. And it talks about this in The Body Keeps the Score, where when we have these emotions that are overwhelming by escaping, we're actually just pushing them down further back down into the body. But they need a way to be released. They need a path to exit your body. And the easiest, fastest way to do that is by moving in a really vigorous type of way. So it could be going on a walk where you're literally pounding your feet on the pavement aggressively, you know, go on a vigorous, brisk walk, exercising. I feel like when I have a lot of emotions in my body, I need to do something like kickboxing or jumping up and down or burpees. Usually I just love a nice, gentle, very chill, non-sweaty yoga class or a Pilates class. When I am feeling a lot, I just want to get out and run. I remember when... I was so sad once about a fertility cycle that hadn't worked. I just was like, I have to run. I have to get up and run. And I'm not like an exercise freak at all. I actually don't exercise that much, 
but I do really lean into it a ton when I'm feeling negative emotions and it's become a really safe, supportive, nurturing place for me to turn to. So I'll say that, go move your body, check in intuitively, just say, where am I holding these feelings? Where in my body am I experiencing this stress or this fear? And then whatever body part that is, try to really use that part. And as you are exercising, imagine that you are shaking off that burden that you're carrying on that part of your body. And that with every physical movement you make on your chest or on your back, wherever it is that you're carrying your stress, just see it shaking off of you. It's just drifting away, going out the window and disappearing. And then the final tip of what to do besides escaping is to treat yourself. Do some really nice things for yourself. The other night, I was tempted to sit and watch like 16 episodes of Kilmore Girls, which is my go-to, my favorite. Just think that they're so cute. But instead I said, you know what? I'm going to make myself a really sweet dinner, something that I would have loved and found so comforting when I was a kid. So I made myself some mac and cheese, and then I got myself a little dessert. Then I boiled some water, and I took the time to make myself some really delicious tea with a little bit of honey in it. And while none of this was extraordinarily healthy, it's not like I was eating a green salad or celery juice, it was nice. It was just a nice thing to do for myself. So take yourself to the infrared sauna. Make yourself dinner. Draw yourself a really nice bath. Slowly brush your hair. Whatever it is that feels really good to you, treat yourself as if you are royalty. The last thing you should ever do when you are veering into the territory of escapism is to berate yourself for it. Never be hard on yourself. Never feel bad about this. Everyone does it. Literally, three of my clients in a row were all talking about how they've been escaping a lot recently, and so have I. And so don't hate yourself. Don't tell yourself that you're a failure, you're not good enough. Instead, just do something nice for yourself. When we are trying to escape, we're trying to give ourselves soothing. And so soothe yourself in a way that is also presencing at the same time. That is all the information I have today, but I will end with this prompt for you. What is a boundary that you can create for yourself the next time you feel like you're veering into escapism territory? So here are some examples. A boundary for this might be, if I feel compelled to drink to escape, I am first going to journal about my feelings and my emotions before I have that drink. Or... If I am sitting down to watch TV or play video games, then I will take a break halfway through the evening to spend 45 minutes doing something nice for myself. So choose whatever boundary feels really good for you. Be gentle, but be firm at the same time. You know, make sure that it's something that requires effort, but that is also easy enough to do. Moving away from escapism is like trying to break a lifelong habit in a world that is constantly reinforcing that you do that habit. So it's really, really hard. So go easy on yourself. One step at a time, very, very gentle, baby steps forward. Just come up with one boundary right now. And I want you to think about it and write it down in your notebook. And that is the only thing that you have to remember. Whenever you start to escape, then just come back to that boundary. Mine is that whenever 
I am escaping for more than an hour. I am going to stop, pause, journal, and I'm going to make sure that I have exercise planned for that day. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you know when it comes out. It comes out on a different day every week, sometimes every other week. My life is so regimented on a day-to-day basis where I have the same clients every week at the same time that I really, really needed to not do this in that area of my life too. So I'm a little freeform and spontaneous with when I record and when I post. So please, please subscribe so you always know when a new episode is on its way into your listening device. And please keep sharing and liking. You guys have been doing that so much and I love you for it. This podcast wouldn't be where it is without you guys. So I am immensely in your debt. So for this week, go forth and do not forget to love yourself, to listen to yourself and to say yes to life so that life can say yes to you. Thanks guys. And see you next week.